but he'll keep supplying you. When you think that you can't go anymore, he'll keep supplying you. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. And so when you get weary in life, just take a quick look behind you. Look through the eyes of faith and understand that God has goodness and mercy that is behind you. It shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to talk on the theme going to the next level of ministry with the topic this morning, sitting in the classroom of the Good Shepherd. If we as the Church of Christ at Hollywood Street are going to get to the next level of ministry, we're going to have to trust in Jesus and rely on the very grace of God. Paul says we are saved by grace alone. But I want you to understand that not only we're saved by grace and because we're saved by grace, we also are changed by grace. And to get to the next level of ministry is going to require each member to challenge their so-called Christianity to do what we have to do and to become what God wants us to become. Do you want to have a surface kind of relationship with God? Or do you want a deep, strong, solid, rich relationship with the Lord and with God's people? Y'all doing all right this morning? <laughs> In Psalm 22, or the second division of the psalm, we have a picture of the good shepherd who lays down his life whereby you and I can be saved. When we cross over Psalm 23 to the next psalm, we come to the 24th division of the psalms where we have the Lord who is seen as the chief shepherd. And at the end of the age, he will come back in the power and the glory. For the psalmist says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong. And mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Church, between the time we have been saved and the time we go to heaven, between the day we are born and the day we shall die, between mama's womb and somebody's tomb, it is the great shepherd who can be seen in Psalm 23 with goodness and mercy to make our journey spiritually sweet. The song, this song, is broken into three sermonic points. In the first case, 
Number one, it is the psalmist David who introduces us to him, who can take care of our frailties. You say God, in Psalm 23, is responsible for taking care of our frailties. That's our weaknesses. In the middle of the psalm, he, takes, he talks about taking care of our foes. That's our opposition and obstacles. Opposition and obstacles will try to, to hold you back and keep you down and keep you away from where you're supposed to be going. But he said God will take care of your frailties. He will take care of your foes. And towards the end of the psalm, he speaks of the blessings of our future. That's what's to come. The word that is translated the Lord is the word of Jehovah. This was one of the primary names for God in the Old Testament. It is said that the name Jehovah signifies the God who is and the God who was and the God that is to be. He is the eternal one. They taught us he was the self-sufficient and the self-existent one. He is the one that is becoming and becoming into his own all that they need until that the word finally became flesh. The misconception of this Psalm 23, though the psalmist mentions green pastures, the psalm is not about rest. It mentions walking through the shadow of the valley of death. But the psalm is not about dying. He speaks about dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. But this psalm is not about the church on earth, nor is it about the eternal place called heaven. It is said David in this psalm pins 116 words to describe and make us understand only two words. Psalm 23, it's not about rest. It's not about heaven, but a total of 116 words that leads, guides, and directs us to the first two words. Before you can lie down in green pastures, before you can lie beside the still waters, before the Lord can restore your soul, before he can lead you in the paths of righteousness' sake, before you can walk through the shadow of the valley of, I wish I had a church up in here. Before you can walk through the valley of the shadow of death, before you can fear no evil, before his rod and staff comforts you, before he can prepare a table in the presence of your enemies before he can anoint your head with all before you can dwell in the house of the Lord forever you have to first of all know the Lord <laughs> Ooh, I tell you uh, notice how God has written his name across the inspirational page of Psalm 23 he writes them in bold letters in verse number one in verse number one he He's Jehovah Rohi. That means he's the good shepherd. He's Jehovah Jireh. That means he is God provider. In verse number two, he is Jehovah Shalom. That means his God is our peace. In verse three, he is Jehovah Rofi. That means that God is our healer. He's Jehovah Sitkanu. I don't have to be righteous all the time because he is our righteousness. In verse number four, he is Jehovah Shammah. That is, he is the ever-present one. 
You don't ever have to worry about God being with you. He's forever the present one with us. Verse 5, he is Jehovah Nisi and Jehovah M. Kadesh. Verse 6, he's Jehovah El Elyon. Hollywood, if we are going to go to the next level of ministry, we'll, we'll have to go uh, with some new set of thoughts in mind. We are going to have to rethink our minds. We're going to have to recommit ourselves. We're going to have to redeem the time. We're going to have to revive our souls. We're going to have to refocus our lives. We're going to have to reshape our relationships. We're going to have to repent of our sins so we can reprogram our Christian lives to the very understanding to who God really is. I do believe that we Christians fail to understand who God really is. For God is God. And there can't be no one like him. He is not like a genie in a lamp. <laughs> Convenient to self-want and self-pleasure. You come to the week of finals in college and you haven't studied a lick. And the day of the final, you close your eyes. You pray to the Lord and you say, Lord, help me pass this final. That's a genie in a lamp, kind of a God. You may be looking for a date or a special boo. And you pray to the Lord, if you really want me to be with someone, Lord, and you really want me not to be lonely and not to be alone, then when I walk up into Walmart, I want you to send a man through the doors before I walk in. That's a genie in the lamp kind of God. You might be at a game and you pray, Lord, help Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. <laughs> That's a genie and a lamp. The problem with that kind of God is that you are greater than he is because you can make him come out whenever you want him to. All you have to do is rub it, and bam, there he is. And what's wrong about that picture is when you finish, is when you finish with him, you put him back in the lamp. It was said 700 years before David that a shepherd who was 80 years old tending sheep on the backside of a mountain when a burning bush caught his attention and his life began to change, Moses first learned the name of God on the backside of a mountain tending sheep. The name of God was too holy to be spoken by human lips. When they needed to say the name of God, they substituted that name with the name Adonai because they believed it was too holy to mention his name 
off of human lips. It is said when the name needed to be mentioned, the scribes would bathe themselves before they wrote the name of God, and they would destroy the pen forever. Nobody goes around calling ourselves the I am. It was when Moses finally gave in to God's assignment to go into Egypt, Moses said, when I get there, they will ask me, what's your name? What do you want me to tell them? God said, I want you to tell them that my name is I am. None of us goes around calling self I am. Because you and I always need a qualifier to distinguish who we are. I am W.L. Vilks. I am the minister over at the Hollywood Street Church of Christ. I am my mother's son. I am my children's father. I am my sibling's brother. I am an American citizen. Every time I say something, I have to put something with it so you can know who I am. But when God says, I am, nothing comes before and nothing needs to follow because he is just I am. He is all over the universe just being I am. God says, I am the past. I am. I am the present. I am. I am in the future. I am. God has no birth certificate. He will never have a death certificate. Whatever you need him to be, he doesn't have to become. That's because he's already all that. Wherever you want me to be, I don't have to get there because I'm already there. He's God in Ukraine and in the UK at the same time. He's God in Canada and Colombia, Preachfields. He's God in Africa and he's God in Australia. He's God in California. And he's God in Connecticut. He's God in Baytown, Texas. And he's God in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He's God in my house. And he's God in your house. He's God in Ville Plant. And he's God in Vermilionville. He's God in me. And he's God in you. He's God in Brookstown. And he's God in South Baton Rouge. He's everywhere being the same God. You don't have to move God anywhere. He's just amming all over this world. Bill's going and give them these two points. And, and look like they, they, they don't look like they're interested in this thing this morning. Let me give you this thing. And I'm going to my house. Number one, the Lord is unchanging. Psalm 90 and 2, before the mountains were brought forth, 
before thou formed the earth and the world. Doubt or God. God is unchanging. Seasons change. Time change. People change. But God remains the same. The Bible says the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. God is now. That means he's close to us. But God is transcendent. He goes outside of us. Nobody is like God. Neither can anybody stand before God. Stop thinking to yourself, I'm so righteous. I'm so holy. Whenever you begin to feel good about your little self, with your little Kurt Franklin ringtone, and when people ask you, how you doing? And you said, I'm blessed. Matter of fact, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Whenever you come back to earth, compare yourself now to who God really is. If you want to know how righteous you are, if you want to know how good you are, if you really want to know how holy you are, if you want to know how how spiritual, how smart, how intelligent you are. Stop comparing yourself to people. Because people come short of the glory of God. But start comparing yourself to him who never falls short of anything. No, he falls short of anybody. The Bible says there is none righteous. No, not one. God is unchanging, and thank God for that. Not only is he God unchanging, according to some who deals with the existence of God, the teleological and the cosmological and the anteological arguments, not only our God is unchanging, but God is uncaused. Hmm. He's unchanging. The weather changes. God never changes. People deal with the weather. They're called meteorologists for a reason. But there's only one weatherman, and that's God. He's unchanging. But the same God who is unchanging that same God is uncaused. The uncaused God. He is the uncaused causer. <laughs> he is the unmoved mover. See, I got to get into it myself because you ain't, you ain't working, but, but I got to deal. He's the uncaused causer. Wow. He's the unmoved mover. Though he creates, he was never created. Though he makes, he was never made. Though he causes, he was never caused. Jesus is the son of God. Along with God the Holy Spirit. Not forgetting the father who art in heaven, how great is thy name. 
we're looking at what is called the Trinitarian doctrine. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Father acts and wills our salvation. Jesus the Christ executes our salvation. And praise God, the Holy Spirit comes to seal our salvation. Now, none of them, none of them, I said none of them, are of any less than any one of them. Y'all didn't hear me. None of them are of any less power than any one of them. All are God in three specific role and function. I don't know about you, but I believe in God the Father. I don't know about y'all. I can't tell this morning. I believe in God the Son. I don't know about y'all. But I believe in God, the Holy Ghost. Listen, God loves us. He loves me. He loves you. Regardless of who you are, God loves you. I know God loves me because he demonstrated his love. When he sent Jesus to die on the cross, he loves me because Jesus suffered, he bled, and he died that you and I might have a chance at the tree of life. He loves me. The song says, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. He sent the Holy Spirit of God to dwell in me. So if I go away, I say, if I go away, don't ever believe, don't ever think you can't go away now. I said, don't ever think you can't go away. Some of y'all don't go away from the physical church, but some of y'all have gone away from the spiritual church. Yeah, you don't think you can't go away. But he sent the Holy Spirit for us to have to dwell in us, to dwell in me, to dwell in you. So if I go away, he convicts my soul. Now, you can't understand this point. If you don't know nothing about sin. <laughs> if you don't know nothing about sin, you, you don't understand this one. He sends the Holy Spirit to convict your soul. Have you ever done something wrong and you know it ain't right? Ooh, but y'all ready to go to heaven. Y'all just real, y'all just, ooh, it's just like y'all just ready to go to heaven. Just bless y'all this morning. If I go away, he convicts my soul. If I go away, he convicts my spirit to turn back to God who is my first love. Have you ever had somebody ever said or done something to you that hurts you? And you had every intention on getting even. You had every intention on getting them back. You had every intention on doing them wrong. And when you seen them, you started out walking towards them, wanting to tell them off and give them a piece of your little mind. 
Don't give too much. You need that later on. But then something happened. Ooh, I wish I had a church. Something happened while you were on your way to give them a piece of your mind. The Holy Spirit began to talk to you. The Holy Ghost began to convict your heart. The Holy Ghost began to talk to the inner man. He began to talk to the inner spirit and said, now, you're better than that. You, you, you're going to argue with that fool. Mm. You argue with that fool and nobody going to know who the fool is. Y'all ain't listening to me. Then the scriptures, I like the scriptures. The scriptures say, when you want to do wrong and you're doing something you shouldn't and you're at a place you shouldn't be, the, the spirit starts working with you. You want to do something to somebody else because they've done something to you. You want to say something about somebody else because they say something to you. They post something about you, so you want to post something about them. Jesus comes to mind. Jesus said, love your enemies. The whole church should have started shouting. That's practicing Christianity. Love your enemies. Pray for them who dis who dis who despitefully use you. Do good to them. Let me tell you something. God, God, will carve you like you carve a turkey. He'll chisel you like you chisel ice. He will fashion you like you fashion clothing. God will make you into what you don't know what you can become when you've got the Holy Spirit of God in you. You see, you might think you are going somewhere, but before you know it, the Lord will turn you around. You might think you're going to hurt somebody else, but the Lord will turn you around. He says, love your enemies. Practice Christianity. He says, pray for them who despitefully use you. Practice Christianity. He said, do good to them that curse you. Practice Christianity. The Lord God of heaven says, vengeance. Get your little self out of the way. Let God work with this. You're going to tear it up and mess it up. Sometimes you want to try to tell people what's on your heart. Sometimes you just need to ask the Lord to bless you and to bless them. Just get on out the way. And let the Lord do what you can't do. God said, vengeance is mine. Church, all I'm saying this morning is in order for us to reach the second tier and go to the next level of scriptural, spiritual service in ministry, we are going to have to love more than ourselves. We're going to have to love the Lord more than we love self. We're going to have to love the Lord more than we love our wants, more than we love our needs, more than we love our desires, we will have to love God more than drugs, more than alcohol, more than sex, more than him or her, that man or the other woman. We're going to have to love him more than we love money. We're going to have to love God more than we love material things. We're going to have to love him more than we love mama, we love daddy, sister, or brother. Some of y'all are saying, 
What you talking about, Willis? We will have to love him more than the New Orleans Saints. Love him more than the Southern Jaguars. You got to love him more than LSU Tigers. We will have to love God more than a J-O-B because God gave his only begotten son so we can be saved. The love of God is on another level. Your father and your mother, your sister and your brother, your grandfather and your grandmother, your nieces and your nephews, your children, your uncles and your aunts can't love you like God demonstrated his love. Going to the next level is a choice. Why some churches stay under the first level. It's a choice. It is not up to God. He already put it in motion over 2,000 years ago that we should go to the next level of ministry. How you gonna save the entire world if you don't go to the next level? How you gonna visit the sick, take care of the orphans and the widows if you don't go to the next level? How you gonna edify the church if you never go to the next level? How you gonna save some of your kinfolk and family members if you never go to the next level? Next level ministry is a choice. God already made up his mind years ago that I want my church to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. So you ought to be salted this morning. So go on and shake something this morning. Shake some salt on somebody. You need to be a light of the world. Go light up something this morning. Or like the young folks say, be lit. Amen, somebody. Oh, y'all ain't going to help a preacher. I don't see that. All things are possible. All things are possible with God. I can do all things through Christ. God wants glory, but he can only get glory by the church. Next level of ministry comes with next level of living. Mm. Next level of ministry comes with next level of living. You can't go to the next level of ministry that first don't start in your own life. <laughs> a more quality of life. A life that is changed. A life that is changing. See, y'all, to go to the next level of ministry, we cannot remain the same. You, you can't remain the same. Sisters, you can't remain the same. Brothers, you can't remain the same. You have to grow. There are some places I go. Went five years ago. I go there now. Guess what? They're the same church. Don't want to know why that is? Because the people there are not growing. Churches stop growing when people in the pews stop growing. When you stop being hungry or if you stop being on your grind, then you will stop growing. When people are hungry for Jesus, <laughs> I'm closing this thing out. 
a more quantity of life, a changed life, a life changing. We remain the same. Always growing. I see why Paul preached like he did. I see why Peter preached like he did. I see why Jesus wept like he did. Because until we begin to change our lives, ministry will never change. In closing, a life changed a life changing, a life conforming into the image of the Son of the living God, controlled by the Spirit of the Almighty God. I don't know about y'all, but you know, to go at one growth level or one growth tier is good and dandy. That's fine. But I just I just can't be satisfied. As a Christian I just can't be satisfied. As a preacher I just can't be satisfied. I've got to keep learning. I have to keep Studying. Somebody say, oh, man, you know you all right. Yeah, well, well, I'll tell you one thing. All right is not good enough. I give all right, but that's not good enough. I talk to so many folk in the streets, but that's not good enough. I live a pretty decent life, but that's not good enough. We have a pretty good church, but that's not good enough. You got to tell yourself that I'm not good enough. You got to be hungry and thirsty for the righteousness of God. Whew. You come by here. Somebody say, preach, I want to be saved this morning. I want to be saved this morning. I, I want to be saved this morning. I want to wash all my sins away. Because I want to begin to start doing what God wants me to do. I want to be placed in position in God. Because I don't know what God has for me, but until you position yourself in God, you will never find that out. And it's time for some of us to be real. Just get real. I'm talking about getting real as fathers and mothers. Getting real as sisters and brothers. Getting real as children. Get, get real. Because I told us the other day, hell is real. Whether you believe that or not, hell is for real. Heaven is for real. The judgment is on its way. Lord, help us all. But I want the blood. I want the blood. I want the blood. I want the blood to cover me. It was said, young Kemp, that... Al Sharpton holds a rally in New York every Saturday. When they had the shooting over in Florida, he had invited some students over to come and to tell the scene when the shooter went into the school and began the shooting in different classrooms. Sharpton invited a number of students from Florida. They came in. And one of the girls spoke and came to the mic and she was telling her story. 
and she said the shooter shot the gun and he was going off and she said at first she thought that Sister Collins it was it was a prank. Somebody was making jokes because she thought it was balloons popping because it was Valentine's Day. She said after she heard the shootings in which she thought were balloons popping, the shooter came to their room, which was the second room. And he began to take his gun. He began to, to find targets, and he began to shoot the students one by one. And she said at that time, the classroom had dropped to the floor. And she said there was a friend standing beside her, and the shooter shot him dead in his head. And she said she watched the blood come from a friend. She said the shooter was still inside of the room. And he was looking for somebody else to shoot. She said it was at that time she reached over to her friend. She took some of his blood. She passed it all over her body. The shooter did not shoot her when he saw the blood. She is still alive today because of the blood of him. You and I are here today and we are what we are because, because, because of somebody else's blood. When God comes back again, you stand in judgment. The death angel passed over in Egypt. Moses was told by God, when I see the blood, he said, I'll pass over you. Praise the mighty name of Jesus. When we stand in the judgment, said recovered. Well, I wish I had some covered folk up in here. Recovered! Whatever you do wrong, because you got access to the throne of God, you can say, Father, I have sinned and I ask your forgiveness and the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all of your sins. If you're not a child of God, whew, you need to be one this morning. We start singing that song. Brother Brown starts singing that song. You need to get out of your eye and say, excuse me, <laughs> but somebody gave his life for me, and I've got to give mine back to him. If you got sin in your life, you get it right today. Before it's eternally too late, and together we stand, and together we sing. Why don't you come?